Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient, dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free, that's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. I can record also if you'd like. No, just, no, I just so you have uh just so you have some uh some insurance. No, we're good. I I'm not I'm on my cell network instead of the internet. All right, so we were we were talking objections. about um, objections. Yeah. So we were oh, yeah. we were talking about how some budgets were frozen and, and then I that's one um I'd be yeah, I left. Could I, could I start from the beginning of there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So objections, you know, at the beginning of COVID, um, it was a lot of just like building, building the pipeline and sharing learnings and sharing our, our approach with potential customers. And a lot of budgets were frozen because employers were actively cutting costs or just being conservative about how they were spending, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes for lowering employees, et cetera. Um, but then in the last few months, we've seen a lot of growth because companies were like this, you know, remote work, distributed work is actually working for our, for our teams. We're actually continuous, uh, start continuing to grow and do well. And mm-hmm. our people are burning out and our people are disengaged and our people, you know, ha- need, to set up their home office. They need extra childcare support. They need to make sure that they're get being active and practicing mindfulness, et cetera. And the budget question with the types of customers we're working with has become less and less of an objection. You know, it's, it's still, um, budget still comes up and we really do our best to articulate what we're building as an investment rather than an expense in your, in your people. Right. I'd say there's also some companies that want to give this a go of like trying to do it manually and seeing how it's going to work. And, you know, to that, we're like, good luck. Um, give it a try. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a small team of maybe 10 to 20, you can manage this through expense reporting or some other type of platform. But uh, once you start growing and scaling, that's just going to suck more and more of your time. And we really believe that if we can give people more time and energy back, um, they have more time to, to connect like this, even though it's through a screen. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's a little bit more human than like validating expense reports and doing something that a computer can do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because at some point they'll figure it out, right? They're going to have these objections because it's so new. Um and then they realize, okay, the amount of time and cost that we're paying someone to manage this process is probably a lot higher than just paying for this platform that automates the entire process. Um, and I think that's important. You know, the thing I love about what you all are doing is the inclusive part of it. 
you know, like not everybody goes to the gym, not everybody, you know, are, are using these subsidies. Um, so we like, especially now we're hearing these like buzzwords like diversity and inclusion. Um, what do these terms mean to you and your organization? Sure. So the product itself is, is meant to cater to a diverse uh, workforce, meaning everyone, you know, well-being in itself is not one size fits all. Everyone defines well-being differently at different points in their life and mm -hmm. making sure that every individual employee has benefits or something that feels accessible to them, where they have an option that's meaningful to them is how we define inclusive in terms of our value prop and product offering. Um, an example is something like ClassPass. Uh, before mm -hmm. the pandemic, we saw a lot of companies being like, you know what, we need a health and wellness benefit. Let's sign up for ClassPass. But then what they saw was, you know, many of these e-commerce companies have fulfillment centers and their fulfillment centers might be with employees that live in suburbs or, you know, are more blue collar workers. And what they found was that they're, employees that were in LA, New York, San Francisco were using the class pass benefit and were super excited about it, but they had mm -hmm. zero to no engagement. Our platform, the employees that want to do class pass can do class pass. The employees that want to buy some at-home workout equipment or maybe buy new walking or running shoes have that ability to define well-being in that way. And to us, um, you know, that, that's what it means. And as companies become more and more distributed, with employees um, and, and become more diverse, it's gonna be harder to cater to everyone's individual needs. And we wanna make that easy and empower more companies to do that. I love that. I love that a lot, actually. Um, and that's why I love your product. I'm always like trying to geek in there whenever I can on LinkedIn when I see things going on. Um, we love you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that there's, there's more than just the platform for June in the future, um, eventually, what do you all hope to build and what does the natural evolution look like for June? Great question. Um, it, the future is really exciting for us. You know, we think that we're reimbursements are just the tip of the iceberg in terms of supporting employee well-being, you know, in the SMB space, even in like the mid space where there really hasn't been much innovation. I think there's more and more opportunity for personalization. So like, you know, a lot of the thread of this conversation has been like, everyone's different. Everyone has individualized needs. So understanding mm -hmm. what motivates people, understanding who they want to be in six months and why, and then being a company that can support them through that journey give them what they need, whether it's better sleep, whether it's reducing their stress and anxiety, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's eating healthy on a budget. You know, people have different needs ar around their life and being a company that can support them throughout that journey at different po points with personalized recommendations. Think of like a Spotify, you know, Discover Weekly or a Netflix algorithm, but where you have this money from your employer and you have little nudges or ideas or inspiration points of how to use those dollars in a way that's aligned with your health and well-being goals. That's what we're building. And that's what the future looks like. And the company was really built with the 
DNA of behavioral economics and behavioral science and aligning people's intentions with their behavior because people want to be healthy. People want to eat well, people want to exercise, but there's things that get in the way, time, money, discipline, um, mm -hmm. other priorities. So how do we make that easier and more accessible has always been our North star and, uh, is, is what fires us up to wake up every day and just be really excited, uh, to go out and make the world a little bit better. I'd be curious about what the algorithm would, would say for me. It's like, girl, eat some vegetables. Do you not eat any vegetables? <laughs> I do, but I also yeah. eat a lot of non-vegetables. <laughs> yeah, non-vegetables are good. Non-vegetables are good. It's funny, like we, we talk to a lot of meal kit delivery companies and companies that are doing a lot of stuff in the health foods world. And for me, it's pretty easy to like it's become like a muscle memory for me to eat well and eat my vegetables like and mm -hmm. to cook well so anytime i eat out it's like eating pizza it's like eating sushi it's oh for it's sure eating things that are a little bit more that you know i i i can make my own salad i don't need someone to make yeah, my exactly. salad for me i want someone like i'm not going to go out to the fish market and like make sushi rice and all that maybe one day or like go buy a pizza oven so it's funny, everyone's sort of a little bit different. Some people need the healthy meals made for them. Um, mm -hmm. Some people don't. So yeah, everyone's different. And if you ever need any like fun, uh, delicious ways to eat your vegetables, hit me up. I have a lot of uh, tips. No, I do. I do. Okay. I'm like, I'm like you, you know, like even for breakfast, right? Like I'm not going to go get like a two egg breakfast like like something that I can make at home it has to be like a benedict of some kind yeah you know like something that I don't I, I can't make in five minutes yeah good croissant there exactly what um what is the biggest thing you all learned this year in 2020 wow that's a that's a good one I think something that has come up a lot is just like the silver lining and the opportunity to the silver lining in the hard times and like the light at the end of a dark tunnel and understanding that in these times of crisis, there's opportunities to create, there's opportunities to innovate, there's opportunities to fix systems that are broken. And that's exciting for us. It's, it's really sad to see what's going on um, from politics to health crisis to uh, you know, things like the restaurant industry being hit so hard. Uh, I know. But it's also, there's opportunities to give back. There's opportunities to do things better. And for us, that has sort of been our uh, our ethos. And what, what we've been learning is just kind of keep your ear to the ground, listen, learn, um, slow down, do less, think more, do less, mm -hmm. strategize more. And... Mm -hmm just move forward. I like that. One of my favorite sayings recently has been, um, no matter how dark the night, the sun will still rise. Mm. Isn't that yes. something? So be yes. the sun. That's like my advice to everybody, right? Yeah. One, one thing I like, um, I heard it in a meditation once. It's like, you know, breathing in it, like you could try it, like breathe. And then thinking about the pause and the hold as a sunset and then exhaling, it's like the night 
and then you pause and it's the sunrise and mm. you could think of it similarly like there's always a you know fall between summer and winter and there's always a spring within the winter and summer so i know it's a little bit esoteric and out there but it's just like thinking of that you know continuous transience of everything um, you'd be so proud of me i'm like 26 consecutive days of meditating nice I know. i've been totally out of what it, 30. have you been using uh, an app or anything yeah i use headspace and and i do their courses so i don't I, sometimes i'll just do the daily meditation but i've been do, working on like their courses a little more um where it's like 30 you know 20 30 sessions of the same kind of thing that has like an ev prog progression you know after 10 or so i could i could use some some meditation i've been I've been naughty. I, oh, there's so many, I, yeah, there's so many mornings where I'm just like, I, I keep my phone on airplane mode just so I don't mm -hmm. check my phone the first Same. thing I do in the morning. And, but with work and things, you know, gaining you momentum, just you just like, it. sometimes you got to just jump straight into your phone. And it's, I no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think over the last year I've been practicing that and I have, I'm pretty good at not looking at my phone until I've done my entire, um, morning routine that's fantastic yeah yeah the problem is when i finally get like when it's time right i'm like oh my gosh i have like to cram so much into such a short amount of time which is kind of cool because you know it keeps you focused you're like okay i'm doing the things that i have to do rather than like all these other non-important things you know yeah katrina i'm curious and, and i know this is your podcast so sorry to to take it oh it's, to, a, it's, it's um, our show yeah any have you read any books recently that have been, uh, that have impacted, I don't know, your podcast, your leadership, your, what your, how you've thought about innovation in the HR world? Yeah. I mean, I read every day. I'm a pretty avid seven days a week. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Um, I have a whole box of like books that I have already read just this year that I'm trying to figure out what to do with them. Um, I really liked Talent Code by Daniel okay. Poyle. Okay. Um, that one was really interesting in how I like approached um, some of like my team members in terms of like their skill set and practice and even my daughter as a parent. And I would say the other really cool one was The Hard Thing About Hard Things by mm. Ben Horowitz. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that book because it had, you know, he, he had such a hard time in his company, you know, growing his company. Um, but he just talks about, you know, this, the lessons that he learned that really a lot of, of these books don't really talk about. And yeah, so, awesome. yeah, I like those two. And then just from like a personal development standpoint, Don Miguel Ruiz is always like a good read, you know, with all his yeah. books, like the four agreements. And then he has each agreement kind of broken down into another book, mastery of love, mastery of self, um, are the two that I read so far. They're just feel good books, you know, like, like I, these books, I like, I love these books in the sense of, um, it kind of like a lot of people think we're born a certain way, right? We're born with like a, a certain set of skills and it's really just practice, you know, it's just practicing and being intentional about it. I think, I think for me, that gives me hope, not just for myself, but for everyone where, where maybe some days we're feeling like, you know, people will never change. And I think reading something like this and where a lot of it's based off of like science, um, you feel like, 
okay, I, I like there's hope. I feel like mm -hmm. hopeful that things can kind of turn around and I could just do my part and make a difference. It's beautiful. What I, about you? What's your favorite book? Favorite, yeah, favorite book. It's it's kind of funny. I really like the the book on Instagram's founding and how it has um, impacted our culture and their whole like strategy as a company. It's called No mm. Filter. I couldn't, okay. once I started it, I couldn't put it down. I am, you know, very much active on LinkedIn, but I've gotten really off of Instagram as a platform. I'm like using it to re-promote some of the stuff that I'm doing and our company's doing on LinkedIn. But as a, as a, as a consumer, I can't spend time on it anymore. It like gives me a headache. Yeah. And, but I, I find the way that they went to market with such a simple product, with a pivoted product, a product that where they pivoted from the original and then the stuff they did behind the scenes in order to growth hack and make sure that the, the most famous people in the world were using it is so stuff cool. that we didn't really, we, you don't really see, like, you know, that the Kardashians or like other sort of like famous influencers and stuff use the platform to leverage and to grow their own brand. But mm -hmm. people don't realize that Instagram did those types of things behind the scene to grow the Instagram platform in itself. Right. Um, so, th so that one was pretty interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of Michael Pollan and how to change your mind, mm -hmm. um, you know, talks about so some of the new science and the Renaissance of science in the psychedelic space and its impact on mental health and the future. Um, I find, I find that stuff really fascinating. Um, and then I just started uh, Edward Snowden's biography. Speaking of like oh, you know, wow. sur surveillance or yeah. surveillance and all that sort of stuff. And my, my head of growth joked with me and was like, please don't read that right now because I need you on social media. <laughs> Whereas it's like, okay, I'm like ready to grow this thing and then just get off the grid. That's so, yeah, I've struggled with that too, personal branding, right? I, I'm like you with LinkedIn. I have a pretty good, you know, engagement on there um, only because just with LinkedIn, I stand, I just am a little different than most people on LinkedIn. Instagram, I'm just, you know, I'll do some stuff, content like this that we're doing now here and there, but I just can't get, I can't get with it. I can't, um, it doesn't feel good to me, you know, like Instagram doesn't feel good. And, yeah. and that's the only way I can put it. I can't put it in any other way, you know? I think it's like even just the simple the simple fact of like we only have so much time and attention and energy. And right. if you're using your computer or screen all day for work, like it just after the long day, like I just can't, I don't want to spend more time on my phone. I don't want to, it, it's even hard. Like I like watching shows here and there you know, mm -hmm. or doing like a Peloton class on my screen, but I just like, we're on our computers all day. Um, and I personally want to try to limit my time on my screen. And even to the point of like some of my calls, if I can, I'll just like, I won't put a zoom link and I'll just put my personal cell phone number and I'll go on a walk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's even, you, you know, both of us are building these companies, right? It just doesn't make sense for us to spend a lot of time on there because the money that we make acquiring new customers exponentially outweighs any type of, you know, following on Instagram and just even for the financial benefits of that. So for me, it's like, um, you know, maybe I'll be like, um, 
Mark Cuban or something like, you know, it's like once I'm like in, at a point where I'm so bored, I'm just going to be on social media because, you know, my m money is like I'm making, you know, millions of dollars while I sleep. Uh, that'll be a good time maybe. Right. <laughs> so, but, um, anyway, I, I love this conversation. I'm sure we can go on and on about many things. Where can listeners find you, your company and your product? Sure. So our website is june.io and you can find me most actively on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. connect with me. Let's chat. Let's, let's learn from one another. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. I'm sorry for the, you know, AT&T just complete, you know, if you're listening, AT&T, I just want you to know you kind of suck. <laughs> AT&T sucks on the HR sucks podcast. Yeah. Hey, folks can email me too at john at june.io, j-o-n at june.io. Um, Katrina, you're awesome. Um, Thank you for having me. No problem about the technical error issues. These, these devices that we're using have a mind of their own. And if I can ever be helpful or supportive to you and your community, uh, please let me know. I'm excited to continue our friendship and relationship. Love that. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And you can find us on Instagram, ironically, at <laughs> HR Sucks. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a beat.